And can we turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 very quickly, and then we're going to land in Matthew. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, very quickly. Very quickly. And as soon as you have it, hey. <laughs> Brother Lane's got it. As soon as you have it, let me hear you say amen. amen. All right, we know 17. We're going to move. Uh, we're going to add 18 into this because Scripture Scripture, and we want to work in the context. The last about month, month and a half, we've been dealing with becoming a new creation in Christ and being called to ministry. How many in the church, in the house today, have been called to the ministry? We all have. Now, let me bring clarity, just in case what? If you are in Christ and Christ is in you, you have been called to the what? The ministry. You have been called to ministry. And what does the ministry entail? The ministry, yes, it would be easier sometimes if it didn't involve people, right? How many would say amen to that? But guess what? Ministry involves what? People. And we're all called to it in our variety of ways, giftings, and whatnot. So we need to be looking at this a little further today, and that's kind of the direction we're going to be moving again today. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, who does that pertain to in this house today? If anyone is in Christ, the, the new creation has what? Come. New life has come. You are new. The old has gone. The new is here. I want you to hear about that excitement just for a moment. The old is gone. The new is here. You are not just a better Marcellus Dent. You are a brand new Marcellus Dent. Amen? Why do you think that some of these old guys in the Old Testament got new names? And in the New Testament would get new names because they literally became what? New people. Amen? Abram became who? Right? Saul became who? Because he there, but the Lord was changing his name because he was in Christ Jesus. Now, Abram obviously was pre there, but the Lord was changing his name because he was moving. So we have to understand this. But here, this goes right along with it. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, verse 18, who reconciled, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us. Now, Paul's writing, but who's he talking about? Us. So when I say us, who are we talking about? Gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, reconciliation, what does it have to do with? Reconciliation is essentially this. Wanting the best for all what? Relationships. And so therefore, reconciling every relationship. Now, what is the most important relationship needed to be reconciled? The one between man and who? God. And who brought an opportunity to be reconciled? His name is? Because he took his sin, our sin upon him and made a way for us to be with the Father once again. Hallelujah. We have the opportunity to be reconciled for those who believe in Christ Jesus. But guess what? There is a second very important reconciliation discussed here. And guess what reconciliation that is? What relationship is that with? Oh, I got a little quieter there. Everybody knows Jesus when you ask him for an answer. The Lord wants us to be reconciled to the Father, and he wants us to be reconciled to who? Each Each other. That is truth. 
That is truth. In fact, this is how the message says it. I, I pull things out every once in a while because I like how some fresh, different looks. Here, I'm going to read. Uh, it's a little bit broader than 17 and 18, but this is from the message. Now, we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with Jesus gets a fresh start. Amen? It's create, and he's created new. The old life is gone. A new life becomes. Look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship, here it comes, settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. That's from the message. Same scripture, but just broadening that issue of reconciliation has to do with us and God and then us and each other. Reconciliation. How many were able to be here uh, Wednesday evening to hear Brother Clayton Womack, our missionary. Several of you were able to be here. I told him Thursday when I went out to lunch with him, I said, I'm going to have to steal some of your stuff to give you my blessing. I was like, thank you, sir. That's where I'm at right now. And so he said, hey, I give you my blessing. I was like, thank you, sir. I appreciate that greatly. And so the Lord has really been speaking to me regarding some of the things that Brother Clayton was sharing about. And a key thing he was sharing about was really one little simple Hebrew word. And that word is shalom. And we're going to dig into shalom for a little bit. That's not the point of our message today. But shalom is by which we are going to dive off. Amen? Look at your neighbor real quick. Say shalom. All right, now you'll find out what that means if you don't know in just a few minutes. Let me have you turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5. As soon as you're there, let me hear you say hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I'm going to do real quick is I'm going to read through a section here that we all know, we've all heard, maybe we haven't, but it might sound familiar. I'm just going to read verses 3 through 12 very quickly, and then we're going to come back through here. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is what? Blessed are those who mourn, for what? Blessed are the meek, for they will what? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will what? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be what? Peacemaker. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will? Oh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called? Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is? Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way that perse the, the, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, something I want to step on real quick here. Um, and I really want us just to ponder for a moment. I could probably spend several weeks on this, but I'm literally going to spend maybe two minutes because I really wanted to, to get in there and maybe chew at you a little bit. One of the things that we have falsely believed is that saying a prayer of salvation, as we coin it, which is not in the Word of God, by the way, there is no prayer, set prayer of salvation that you find in the Word. What you have are surrendered lives to Jesus is what you have, and a life transformed before Him, and a point at which you say, here I am. Now, there's nothing wrong with the prayer of salvation. Many lives have been transformed from that point on. Amen? But there we have, especially in westernized civilization, many have believed that the prayer of salvation equates complete and utter change. No, it doesn't. 
No, not any more than you showing up for church every Sunday but not surrendering your heart to Jesus will get you to heaven. It won't. I can, I'm a man. All listening to my voice today will not get you to heaven. I can, I'm a man. All I can do is speak the words of who? Who is the one that is able to get you to heaven? Through his son Jesus. So here's the thing. I believe wholeheartedly the more I have dug in here is, you know what? Yes, pray a prayer. Yes, surrender your life. Yes, know you're going to heaven. But here's the thing. Your life, a true saved life, looks what? Different. A life that has truly been saved. A life that is truly... Now, I'm not saying that suddenly you're complete 180. No. There are some people that go 180. There are some people that somehow creep along, but they can say, I was not, I'm not where I once was. I'd like to be farther, but I'm not where I once was. So understand, the moment you try to compare yourself to someone else, you're in sin because that has nothing to do with faith. But I will say this, I want to check all people to make sure you understand that a life that looks just like the world but declares they know Jesus may very well not know Jesus. Does everyone hear that? So I don't want to falsely lay it upon you that, yes, Jesus, you know Jesus, great. There's a lot of people that are going to hell or have gone to hell with Jesus where? Right here, but never landed where? In their heart. Amen? Amen? Who's following me right now? In fact, let's look here in the Beatitudes just for a moment. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain what? Mercy. Folks, if you don't obtain mercy, you get judgment. And what is the ultimate judgment? Hell. Well, let's keep looking. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see who? If you are not seeing God, and ultimately not seeing God, then you are not in his presence, and his presence is where? Let me keep moving here. Blessed are the peacemakers, so, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, we're going to dig into this whole peacemakers thing for a little bit this morning here. But they shall be called what? I have known a lot of folks that attend churches. Not here. This place is good. I've known a lot because, you know, I, I, I grew up neck deep in pastors. Oh, my goodness. Pastors galore. That's why I chose not to want to be a pastor. I got no problem with you guys. I did. I chose not to be a pastor. I said, I don't want to be a pastor. I got no problem with you, God. You know what? And I'll tolerate the people. I don't want to be a pastor. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> no, I saw what took place in many a church. And it was skewed for me a little bit. How could the very people who hold on to the name of Jesus, who looks very different than what many people show, how can those very people eat my family alive? Now, I'm not saying my family was always right. We'll take responsibility. I'm serious. We will. We didn't always make the right moves. Okay? So that doesn't make us innocent. Does everybody understand? 
But as a kid and as a teenager growing up, you know what that did to me when I saw people chewing my parents, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles up and wanting to spit them out, and that was called the church? You know what that was like? I kind of skewed my, my feelings. Praise the Lord, it didn't skew my feelings so much towards God. It did some, but not so much towards God, but it sure did towards the rest of the church. Who's with me? But guess what? None of that was going to matter when I stand before God Almighty on, on Judgment Day. When I stand there and he says, hey, and I'm like, hey, it's going to be more like, hey. But God, but God, you don't know what they did to my family. You don't know how they treated us. And he's going to be like, yeah, and yet what did I tell you to do in spite of? What did I say in spite of that? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. If we are not working at peace, and I'm going to get into this deeper, if we are not working at shalom, and I'm going to get into this deeper, then we are not sons of God. And if we are not sons of God, whose children are we not? God's children. How can we call ourselves as such? Truthfully, these describe eternity, and they are only given to transformed lives, new creatures. Behold, those in Christ are new creatures. Is there anything we can do to change ourselves? Is there anything we can do to change ourselves? Drop the whole self-improvement, self-esteem, self-growth. Drop it all and crucify it right where it belongs. Because there's only one that can transform me on the inside. And his name is Jesus. There is no excuse. There is no anything that coming from anybody else that should change so I got no excuse. So I'm going to tell you right now, Holy Spirit to do his work in me. So I got no excuse. So I'm going to tell you right now, all those times I saw people chew up, they weren't my excuse anyways. And they wouldn't have held any water with the Lord. He would have looked right back at me and said, you know what? Kind of like the other day. I want to make sure I'm clear on this. The other day, my poor kids, I, 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 I got to use them as object lessons all the time. We had a big blow up in the house, and everybody's screaming, and everybody else did everybody else, and did all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. So I set them all on the couch, and they start in. I said, I'm starting with you, Katie. And she says, well, Kendall, blah, blah. I, I want to hear about Kendall. What did you do? Well, uh, Josie. No, I don't hear about Josie and what she made you do. What did you do? Oh, man, it took me 30 minutes to get through. Oh, man. I'm just an earthly father. Can you imagine our father? Oh, my word. <laughs> what did you do? Well, I grabbed it out of their hands, ripped it out of their hands, ran away with it, hid it. But, well, of course. Can you not see how that probably created some of this? And we went down the line. And what I wanted them to see was, you blaming somebody else doesn't hold any water with me. We're dealing with your actions. And that's how the Father in heaven does. So we have no excuse. <laughs> that's why the body, the, the, the life has to be crucified so that new life may come in because nothing else is getting into heaven, just new life. All right, who's with me right now? Okay, I'm going to keep digging here. So with each beatitude, another nail. This came from John Piper. I had to include this. 
another nail is driven into a coffin. And inside that coffin is the corpse of a false understanding of salvation. The false understanding says that a person can be saved without being changed. Or that a person can inherit eternal life even if his attitudes and actions look like the attitudes and actions of those who don't believe in Jesus. See, here's the thing. The Beatitudes aren't just nice little, isn't that sweet? No, this is what a changed life looks like. Oh, who's with me right now? Come on, you guys give me some blank stares here. Who's with me? Because I'm going to tell you what. This right here describes the life that said, yes, Jesus. I can't, but you can. This is a life that says, yes, Jesus, I know what I felt was done to me. I know what I experienced, but it's still my choice to surrender. And I want to be changed. But now it's important to be transformed, isn't it? Start to realize, huh, it's kind of important to be transformed, isn't it? It's a lot more important than just having a get-out-of-hell-free card. And still acting like the world. It is vital. I believe a truly saved and truly changed life is, the li is one that has surrendered completely and looks different. They may not look completely different, but boy, they look different than they did. Wives sitting there today, are your husbands a little bit different than they used to be? They're not saying anything. <laughs> This will be an easy one. Husbands, are your wives any different? Oh, yeah. She's more beautiful than the day I married her. So here, we look at the first six Beatitudes. Notice that the first six Beatitudes are actually aimed at who? Us. Inside. Everybody say internal. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those that realize, basically, I can't, but you what? You can. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. Mourn over what? There's a couple things I believe that the mourning comes in. Mourning over their sin. Mourning over what they have done in their life. But also mourning for the sins of? Not in a judgmental way, but in a caring and loving way. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. That doesn't mean, hey, slap me around and use me as a welcome mat. No, it means that I am filled with the power of God, and I can stand firm regardless of what's going on around me, so I'm just going to lay my whole way of thinking down because he knows far better than I do. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I want more of who? Blessed are the merciful. Oh, it's getting a little sticky now. Lord, bless that person that just cut out in front of me in traffic. I do not, I, I'm praying, Lord Jesus, protection over them in Jesus' name. Because, Lord, the way they're driving right now, they could really get hurt. Oh, that was irritating. They almost took me out. And, but, Lord, I'm just praying. How many have felt that way when you got cut out and cut off in traffic? Blessed are the merciful. You want to hear the ultimate mercy? Romans chapter 9, Paul says, I would wish that my Jewish brothers, I would literally get rid of my salvation if I knew that's all it would take to save them. Yeah. Just saying, I've got no sin. 
Mercy is Jesus saying, I've got no sin. I could live forever. But I'm going to give my life for these that hate me so that they might live. That's mercy. That's love. Wow. Blessed are the pure in heart. What does a pure heart look like? One that the more you're focused on Christ, the more all that junk that you've always wanted out of there is being taken out of there, driven out of there. Fear, brokenness, heartache. So we have these six that have everything to do with our internal. But then it goes on to this. Number nine. Blessed are the what? I didn't hear you. Blessed are the what? The peacemakers. Now it's going from being internal to now what? External. Now I want to bring peace to those around. So verse 9. Blessed are the, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of of God. We're going to look at this for just a few more minutes. What is peace? Anybody? What is peace? Peace. Absence of strife. Absence of conflict. That is the Webster's Dictionary um, definition. And the problem with that one is that defines peace. Exactly what defines how the world views peace. That is exactly how the world defines peace. Absence of conflict. As far as, as, as long as I feel happy... Oh, come on now. As long as I feel happy, it's okay. So, you know what? Oh, Aaron's having a tough time. It's not that I feel compassionate and loving towards him. I want him to be happy because if he's not happy, he might not make my life very. So I better check on him. Aaron, is there anything I can do? (laughs) Fake, 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 fake. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Oh, we got to, you know, what about the people that do such good things? My problem is this. You can do all the good things if you want. You want. If it's not led by love and by Jesus, it's not going to do you any good. Peace. Biblical peace comes from a Hebrew word, Hebrew word shalom. Shalom. Now, shalom, one of the words that... One of the many words that can define is an idea of peace, but it's far broader than that. In fact, it's a gorgeous word. It's one of the best Hebrew words out there, shalom. And there's a lot of them, you know, shalom. At its heart, hear this, at its heart, the biblical concept of shalom is about God's vision. Healing, okay, you ready for this? In all relationships. It's external healing, okay, you ready for this? Look at me. It is external healing, our relationship being healed because of what has been changed in me. I am made complete. I am made whole. I am completely set free. Therefore, I am filled with shalom. I am experiencing shalom, wholeness, completeness, well-being. And it's so much in me that it's spilling out onto all other relationships with people. That is shalom. And I want it so, <clears throat> I want it so bad, I love it so much that I want it for everybody else. I want shalom for everybody else. I want completeness and I want wholeness for everybody else because of what, it, what I'm experiencing. I want you guys to experience this shalom. I want this. So when I look at you and say shalom, it's not just, hey, peace, have a good day. 
It's I am praying that you are so set free and so changed and so transformed and so filled with God's love and so filled with God's grace and mercy and so turned upside down that you become all that God's created you to be that you can't even stand it. I want you to be complete, everything God calls you to be. Wholeness, everything God's called you to be. Jesus even said in John, peace I leave with you. Remember that one? Peace I leave with you. Guess what kind of peace he's talking about? Peace I leave with you. And he even goes on to say, my peace I give you. I do not give you the peace the world gives you. That's what it says. I'm not giving you that kind of peace because all they do is based on how they feel. How happy they are or not. Has anybody said about somebody else, I just want them to be happy? Come on. And you excuse a very bad choice because you just want them to be happy? You rationalize the fact that they are sending their lives down the tubes by simply saying you want them to be happy. Christians, I'm telling you now, stop wanting people to be happy. Pray that people become holy and whole and complete. This being happy garbage is killing us all. Because happiness has to do with feelings. Holiness has to do with what's going on on the inside, which includes joy, which includes freedom, which includes deliverance. Who's with me right now? See, the world's peace is based on how we feel, what we see. We can't have any trouble. You ever notice that? People say, I'm at peace, but at the moment something big comes along, what happens to their peace? Where's God? Well, he was there just yesterday. Well, this happened today. Well, it doesn't change who he is or who you are. Shalom, it, well, let me get back to what it always endures. It's not written. Peace, shalom, it, well, let me get back to world peace. World peace is based on what we see. We can't have any trouble, and we, all, we try to control it. Anybody notice this? Conflict comes along. We try to do what? Fix it. How many are bad fixers? I always like to just shout, give a shout out to all the fixers in the house. All right, you do know that we got to stop, right? But who, we also know that we can't stop, but who can change it? And, and, and who can say, who's saying the Lord is changing it? Yeah. Yes, amen. He is. He is. He's changing that in us. Now, you want to know how bad a fixer I am? My daughter was having a fit, again, about something. I put my arm around her. I won't tell you which one, but her name's Taylor. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I came up to her, and she was having a fit the other day, and I just went to give her a hug, and she's like, no. I'm like, what? You're just going to hug me and then lecture me again about how I need to love myself and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm like, fine, I won't hug you then. Of course, my response was wrong, too. But, you know, trying to fix, trying to make it okay, doesn't work that way. Sorry, team. Shalom is based on faith and trust. It allows for troubles. It always endures. It's unrelated to what's going on around you. It's a goodness of life that's not touched by what happens on the outside. Here's the bottom line. I want you guys to hear me real quick. As I am changed and transformed, I experience shalom, wholeness, to the point that I want shalom for everybody else. I am changed so much that I want other people to experience that change. I want that because only God can bring it, and I want him to bring that. So here's the thing. When we are called to be changed people, it's for our own good and the good of who? I'm going to say it again. When God calls us to be transformed people, transformed daughters and sons of God, when he calls us to that, it's not just for us. Who else is it for? 
everybody else. One transformed life changes a whole lot of stuff. Far more than any policy, any law, any rule could ever change. True shalom, folks, has deep desire for the shalom of others. And willingly, you guys ready for this? Willingly will make sacrifice, whatever sacrifice, to ensure someone else knows shalom. You say, well, how does that play out? That plays out when my son, and I have to use these poor guys as object lessons, but my son asked me something. I say no. He begins to go into his dramatics. To make sure, I said no for a reason. I explain. And I know at that point, I said no for a reason. I explained the reason. If I say yes at that point, I'm not sacrificing anything. I'm just trying to get the kid to be quiet. And make it easy on who? The sacrifice is no, Silas. The sacrifice is me driving away with him standing in the driveway screaming at the top of his lungs. The sacrifice is me having the enemy in my ear tell me what a bad dad I am, but knowing in my heart I love my son too much. And then me coming back in the house 10 minutes later after running my super quick errand that he was all upset about not being able to go with me on, and him coming out saying, I'm upset, and then smiling at me. Just took him 10 minutes to get over it. Imagine what would have happened if I gave in. Imagine what would happen if the father gave in to every one of our whims. He loves us too much. And I'm not going to be about me. So much so that I'm not willing to sacrifice myself for the sake that someone else may know God. Well, I don't want people upset at me or offended. Look. If they get offended, that's not going to be because I came at them to be offensive. I came at them with love. And I'm not, I came at is even a hard word. I came to them with love. And I want them to know love. And so I better be living love. In fact, I said it last week. If you approach any person ever outside of love, you better not go near them. Don't ever go near them if it's outside of love. What are you talking about? Well, if you think you know that they're wrong, and they might be, but you're there to prove that they're wrong and tell them, get them right, please don't talk to them. You're going to make their life worse. And you're not going to represent Jesus very well. But you go to them in love? Oh, tough love. Yes, it's real. But love. Love is what changes and transforms God's love. So the bottom line is true peace takes work. See, it takes time to find out what's broken in our lives, what relationships are broken, the world. Can you see now why forgiveness is so important? If you are walking in unforgiveness, and I know, I'm going to tell you what, we try to rationalize unforgiveness. This is what this person did. This is what that person What you're saying is, in spite of what, forgive them that I've okayed what they did. No! 
What you're saying is, in spite of what you did, God loves me and I am secure within myself because I'm his kid. So I'm changed. I'm not responding to what you did anymore, and now I want to see you free. I want to see you changed. It's not going to get me down. And it gets so bad, and here's the thing. Extreme sides, how many know that extreme sides of any issue, they don't like peace. They don't like shalom because it gets in the way of their self-centeredness. Here's the bottom line. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'll give you an example. Church of the Brethren. We're walking in the midst of this, um, working out this whole issue of uh, uh, sexual immorality, according to the word. And, of course, we have those who see it from a more progressive slant that says God loves everyone. Yeah, I believe God does love everyone. But there are sins that God has, sin, not just sins, sin God has called us to not partake in. And sexual immorality being one of them. All of us, and that includes heterosexual immorality. But, <laughs> I decide that I hear amongst my brothers in the church of the brethren with those in the progressive side that I disagree with how they take. No, I can't accept that as just it's okay to let them do that. No, I want them free. I want them to know God's love, and that's going to keep them from experiencing that. But then on the other side, i got those that say, but the word of God, but the word of God. Yeah, the word of God, but the word of God, and they're forcing us to do this and forcing us to do that, and they're all angry and bitter and ugly and grumpy. So now what I got is the progressive group over here who I don't agree with where they stand theologically, but the grumpy group over here where there's no love, and I don't want to be around them either. So guess where I'm at? But I'm going to tell you what. Me standing here is going to bear a whole lot more shalom and love than the extremes. And so guess what? Do I, get, do I get called down? Do I get called this side over here? It's crazy. This side over here says that, that I am uh, I'm a bigot, that I, I, I don't uh, agree, and I'm a, I hate people, and I'm a hate monger, and this, that, and the other, which I've never spoken harshly in hate towards anyone before, mind you, that I can be aware of in that circumstance in any way, shape, or form. But this side tells me I'm not hard enough. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you want me to look like you? You need, to, you need to just blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you want me to look like you is the problem. Yeah, that's all right. And I'm not going to look like you either. So here I stand. But what's the word saying in Philippians? It says, uh, the King James uses the word moderation. Let your moderation be evident to all. What does that mean? What is a moderate someone who's? Ecclesiastes says, the man that avoids all extremes is one that fears God. You walk in peace and shalom, guess what? You're going to have two sides not happy with you. Did you hear that? You're going to have two sides of the coin not happy with you. You walk in joy, you walk in love, and you walk in that completeness and wholeness and wanting to bear that to everyone else, guess what? You're going to have two sides not happy with you. And can I ask you guys a question? You disagree with me right now. Read the life of Jesus. That's right. That's right. Read the life of Jesus. He ate with sinners. 
He was called a heretic by the religious people. He hung out in a synagogue, and the sinners didn't want anything to do with him there. But that's not my identity. My identity is on this side. So here I am right here. I'm bearing this, and I'm not going to be pulled by this side or 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 this side. That's why it is very dangerous for Christians to get their eyes really consumed in politics because I'm going to tell you what, it can really mess with you. Either way, it's dangerous. And I'm telling you right up, it's dangerous. If you are consumed with Fox News or CNN or uh, MSNBC, any of those, you got those on the, new, on, on the TV all the time, turn it off now. Why? Because, number one, there's no way that your eyes can be on the things of the Lord looking upon that. Number two, you are going to be skewed one way or the other. Don't get skewed. Because here's the bottom line. You've got those that think they're conservative, you've got things that think they're liberal, and you've got those that are simply wanting to follow the Lord that are neither. Whom shall I, whom shall I listen to, man, and be afraid of him, or God the Father? So yeah, I'll give unto Caesars what is Caesars, absolutely. Jesus told me to do that, but you know what? I'm standing firm representing Christ Jesus, and I want people to know his love and freedom. I want to bear shalom to everyone. Torn me, and now I want to bear it to all those saved. I know I've changed. I know I'm transformed, and you're transforming me, and now I want to bear it to all those around me. I want to walk in love. I want to walk in peace. Not because I don't like the nuclear war sites, or I don't like this, or I'm picketing that. I don't know, because I, the only thing I can picket is the deceit in the world that's keeping people from Jesus. And that's just as much in the church as it is outside of the church. Who's with me? Who wants to be bearers of shalom? Who wants to be bearers of that peace? Then stop, stop being consumed with what's going on around you and start rejoicing in the fact that God is changing me. Because you want to know what? Transform people lead to transformed people. Loved people love people. Blessed people bless people. Gracious people, grace-filled people, give grace to people. People that have had experienced mercy, give mercy. You follow what I'm saying? I want to be that. You've all been called to ministry, every one of you. There is no reason why a neighbor next to you or a co-worker across from you, when they see down the hall from you that you passed, should not see Jesus every day when they see you. Now, how they respond, can you do anything about it? But your goal's not in there to get a response. Your goal is in there to simply what? Show Jesus. Shalom. Lord, I just pray today that somewhere online some of that made sense because God, my heart is right now that Father, we become the vessels that you've called us to be. Jesus, you love every one of us, Lord. I think of these beautiful little kids up here, Lord. I thank you. You created them and their childlike faith. They just, 
Hey, they're inhibited. I love it. Father, may we live inhibited for you. (laughs) Knowing who we are, not being run around by what people think or what society says, or not being run around by the, uh, the situations around us, but knowing we are filled with your peace, your love, your grace, your mercy. We want to give it to you. Jesus, we praise you and we thank you for you are good and you are holy. Thank you for your shalom peace that fills us because of you. Thank you for letting it change us. And thank you that, Lord, that we get to be a part of seeing others changed. In Jesus' name. Lord, your good Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. I'm going to ask you to just stand up and just give a hug to someone around you. Tell them you love them. And we'll see you next week.